All right, folks. Hello and welcome to Spark, the show that helps entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs climb to the top of their fields. I'm Brian Cloud, and in today's episode, we will be talking to Richard Bennett about finding your inner athlete. Benny, what's going on, man? How's everything been? All good, brother. How are you? Man, I'm doing a whole lot better now that I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, today it was raining. It, it was raining a whole lot. It's probably about sixty degrees. How's it out there for you guys out in Vegas? Ooh, well, we ain't we ain't seen no rain in a few days, but uh, we're we're touching the high nineties. Almost probably going to be reaching the hundreds by tomorrow. So we're probably on the other end of the spectrum. Um, it's been a little bit windy out here, so that's kind of like the the only downside of Vegas, but I think we're kind of past that, mate. We're just getting ready to uh, enjoy the heat. Enjoying the heat. Well, I know you guys are going to get plenty of it out there. So. Yes, mate. <laughs> I remember those days. So heck yeah, man. So, you know, Vinny, um, you know, I, I know, you know, every time I'm, I'm watching you, man, I'm watching you on Instagram, um, you're, you know, you're climbing the mountains, you're, you're training folks. Um, I mean, you, you just seem to be a very busy, busy man. What are you doing out there, buddy? What are you working on these days? So, um, yeah, pretty much what I'm doing, mate, is uh, obviously I'm running with my own brand, Tier 1 Performance, and essentially, you know, it's kind of like uh, fitness and, you know, doing kind of what I love, basically. So uh, you just I, I get out there as much as I can. Obviously, I'm kind of keeping my own fitness going, and running is the kind of main thing at the moment. So, uh, yeah, that's why you'll see me if, or for everyone who follows me on IG, you know, I'm always posting, um, you know, what I'm doing out on the runs and then just like business, mate. So, you obviously, you know, being in the gym, helping people with my clients and uh, that's kind of like my week to week basis. So it's all just kind of fitness, being active and, you know, everything evolves around that mainly. That's awesome, man. Very, very awesome. I, yeah. I'm always looking at you climbing up the mountains, dude. I'm like, I need to be up there. <laughs> I need to go find my mountain somewhere. But, you know, I, it's, I've always been curious, man. What what was it that really got you out on, on this fitness journey? This, uh, you know, what I'm seeing you on today. What really made you, uh, you know, whether it's just tier one performance or just for your personal self, what was it that set you out on that fitness journey of yours? Um, so... To take it back, mate, I believe that, um, well, mainly touching on the find your inner athlete. So when I came out to America and, you know, to settle down, um, fitness was basically became a passion, um, especially once I left, like, you know, the British Army and I'd done my time there. So I knew I was always thinking, you know, what what's going to get me out of bed? What's going to keep the fire burning? And again, that was fitness. So when I came out here, um, I had the aspirations of just, you know, creating my own business, creating my own identity and kind of rolling with that because I knew, again, every day it's something that's going to get me out of bed. And when I thought about it and, you know, as branding, you know, people want to kind of stand apart from all the other brands that are out there. But uh, the main the slogan just came from Find Your Inner Athlete because I believe that, you know, once we reach adulthood, and it's almost like the game of life really begins and, you know, the responsibilities that come with it, i.e., you know, work, careers, you know, paying bills, you know, family responsibilities as we, you know, grow our own families. I just think that we we almost stop being like athletes and we stop doing what an athlete should. I, I When I say athlete, I mean the human body ultimately was designed 
to, you know, walk, run, hop, skip, balance, do all these movements that if you think back to your childhood, we used to all do that for fun. Like whether it was in the playground, whether it's at home when you're causing trouble and you're kind of jumping from your couch and, you know, your parents are like stop telling you stop doing that. And then it's almost like once we just get older, we kind of forget that the enjoyment that we had from just moving in these certain ways. So I wanted to kind of send a message that, hey, just because we're adults, which is, you know, mainly the people that I'm involved with, that, hey, we don't have to stop being an athlete. And the other thing is kind of like, I love sports. So, you know, watching sports on TV is one of the things that I love to do. So also it's trying to get a message across to every single person that I'm sure there's an athlete, whether it's an Olympian, for me, it's basketball and soccer players that I kind of relate to a little bit more is just because we're not on the TV screens and we're not getting paid, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars or just even getting paid for our ability we all have a level of ability and that athletic ability is within us all. So almost it's like a message within the slogan is if you're working with me, I want to help you find your inner athlete. And it doesn't mean that you have to get paid to be an athlete. You can still go and do whatever it is that, you know, kind of gets you going. So that was the kind of thing about the find your inner athlete. And it's just something that I really believe in. When you're when you're out there, Penny, you know I see you really do. You you do train a variety of different people, but you know when you look at really the the person that you really want to work with, who is that person? I mean, from a mindset, from a physicality standpoint, from all of that, what what is the ideal person, or what are you really looking for when you take on? Because I know because I know you can be, you know, as any person, any business owner is, you have to be very careful with who you're bringing on as a customer, right? Yeah. Um, but who, who really is that person for you or what are the traits or characteristics of that person who's going to be working with you? Uh, yeah, to, to be very honest with you and, and everyone else is that anyone who comes across me, I kind of look at them like a blank canvas. So there's no, you know, I'm not trying to prejudge and say, oh, I only work with this type of person. So um, the thing that that person has to have, though, is they have to have commitment to themselves and also commitment to, i.e., me and the plan because they're entrusting me to kind of guide them into, you know, whatever direction it is that they ultimately want. And as long as they give 100% effort, I will take anyone and work with anyone who has zero skills, zero experience, but they have that burning desire to learn they're willing to put the time and the effort in and just, like I said, ultimately give it 110% and entrust me as their coach to guide them. And then ultimately, I just believe that if anyone kind of walks into any environment with that attitude, they will see positive changes and the person that's helping them, you will be able to help them beyond what they can even imagine. Very good. What does that look like, Benny? You know, if I am working with you, you know, what type of, you know, mechanisms or what do you have in place that shows me, you know, let's say, for example, that it sounds like you may be to help with this. I have a 20 inch vertical today and I want to have a 40 inch vertical by next month or, or, or next year, what have you. 
what are what are those what are those things that you know if I am going to be working with you that you're going to have in place to ensure that you know we're both uh, tracking my progress, but I'm seeing some type of measurable result from you. Yeah. So uh, ultimately, what I'll do is first of all, um, I love to basically get either in person or whether it's you know over a phone call or Zoom nowadays. If the you know if the person's kind of that I'm working with is a little bit more remote and not local to me, um, it's almost like a rapport building. So it's kind of I'm I'm going to be asking questions, and I've also got like an onboarding system which uh, you can kind of you know, access that via my website. But once you've kind of done my onboarding system and my, let's call it my client questionnaire, I use that information. And then we actually, when we either meet in person or like I said, on the phone, we'll dissect that information that you've given to me and we'll probably end up delving even deeper into it. And I'll kind of reverse a lot of that information back onto yourself so I can get a true understanding as to what it is that you want and also where it is that you want to go. And it's almost like I sat down and again, when you spend a lot of time running like I do, and when I do my runs and stuff, I don't use headphones. So there's a lot of thinking time when I'm out there. And the vision, which I believe is very powerful, if you can kind of almost put a vision inside someone's mind, is it's almost like I'm I'm a captain of a small sailing boat and you're about to get on board this sailing boat, but you are the only person that really knows the destination of where we're going. I'm just the guy that sails the boat. So you almost have to give me all the information and as much information as possible. So now me as the captain of your of the boat that you're now going to get on board, I can then take you to the place that you want to go. And it's also becomes basically it's a partnership. So I don't look at it as a cash transaction. I kind of look at it more beyond just the business aspect. And it's almost like we're getting into a, a working relationship and I have to get to understand like how you tick again, what motivates you, what's your flaws, what's your challenges that you have within your own like lifestyle or your support network. And then how can we almost probably like stack the cards in your favor. And then I understand where and when I need to kind of step in, whether it's, you know, giving you text, daily text messages, asking, have you done this? It may be just with some people just once a week, just checking in, Hey, how's everything going? Oh, I'm doing good. And then kind of back to your original question is once we've understood the plan and I've created it and I kind of present it to you, you will then look at it. And I'll just ask you a simple question of, do you understand the plan? I.e., do you kind of understand where, what direction we're going? Because ultimately, and this is the biggest thing which you'd be very surprised at, most people think they have the plan or they know what they want. But when you delve a little bit deeper and you scratch away at the surface, there's a whole lot more questions that people need to answer. And they've probably not taken the time to sit down and really delve that little bit deeper within themselves. So it's almost like, yes, you get the base layer question that everyone kind of like, oh, I want to change just this. But then when you delve a little bit deeper, there's probably like almost five to 10 other things that are really attached to that. So once you tap into the deeper things that people may want to change, that's when you'll ultimately achieve maybe their original goal 
or you'll get them even thinking in a different direction as to, man, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, like these are actually the most important things that I want to change. And then once you can, like I said, once you've got an understanding and you, let's say we get the plan going, then I do something uh, which I call it like uh, key performance indicators. So it's almost like baseline testing. So there'll be a number of different tests and these tests will be relatable to what that person wants. So I'm not going to have someone who, let's say, is coming in and they want to get better at running. I'm not going to have them doing a load of like Olympic deadlifts and you know olympic like routines and testing them on that i'm going to test like okay how's your base cardiovascular you know what's your vo2 max like so it's going to be tests that are relatable and then each month i will just basically have you retest so you can then see the progression as you're going ahead very good so you know benny i'm going to take a step back because you know, I, I didn't even why I didn't even mention this and, and why we haven't talked about it. But you know, we met back in two thousand and eight, and you know, in two thousand and eight, we met in Afghanistan. We met at a at an old Taliban stronghold where you and I were, and uh, I don't know. I, I like to think that we just we had a lot of common ground together. We we shared a lot of the common interests and. I was pretty fascinated by you, man, because, you know, I hadn't met many people uh, from over there, right? From over yeah. the pond. I never really did. But, you know, when you think back to Afghanistan and, and all of that, and, you know, it just makes me want to really ask this question is, you know, when you look at tier one performance, you look at what you're doing today, how much of your experience that you had over there or you know, more importantly, the experiences that you had in the service, right? How do you think that that really has come over into your business or some of the you know philosophies or methodology that they use? How much do you think that really plays into what you're doing today? To be honest, um, I think it's a, it's a huge, it's a huge part of who I am. And, and what I try to do is, and I think that in the few, I've been out of the military now for close to coming on to six years. So I think as the years have gone on, you kind of, let's just say you lose that identity just a little bit as in on the surface. So you're not just kind of looking like the ex-military guy, you know, walking around in his cut-off fatigues and that type of stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm more yeah. like, I'm more like a civilian now, but if you scratch away at the surface again underneath there you know that runs through me you know you know very much and it's almost instilled kind of like the mentality the mindset and just the way that I operate and I'm very very thankful for the experiences and obviously you know the situations that ultimately the military kind of forces you into um you know just to kind of take it back buddy is um you know, 2008, man, Afghanistan, that was, a you know, seems like a long time ago. But sometimes when I check back in or I come across some old pictures, man, it seems like it was literally yesterday. And it was probably one of the best all-inclusive holidays that you could almost think of. And I don't say that to be cocky. Um, yeah. 
when I tell people this, who, who ask me about, you know, oh, how was it? And have you, you know, you always get the duty. Have you, have you been to war? Have you been to Afghan? And it's like, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, just the old nod of the head, try and play it down. But, you know, with someone like yourself who's experienced it, all I remember on my end, mate, is we spent close to 12 months prior to deploying on that tour just we was training we was in the mode we was you know doing all the training and above and beyond i remember on our base our staff sergeant at the time had us living every single day in our body armor so whether we was at work we had to have our body armor on when we went over there yeah when we when we went on pt or you know fizz so when we went on our runs okay you're now doing it with your body armor and then it became the old nickname of the body drama because that's all it used to bring but um yeah it was just little things like it was almost again we was put into places of discomfort to ultimately get comfortable with it so when you when you're at that edge and you're getting tested and it and it's real life and it's also life or death man, you are almost ready, like you're in the zone and you are ready to kick in and put all of that practice and training to the test. And that's why Afghan, when I think about it, uh, again, for my unit and my troop, we was very fortunate. You know, we we got into some, you know, hairy situations, but, you know, no one, I think the worst that happened was someone got injured but, you know, down the line, you know, they're perfectly fine now. Like nothing's, you know, every, everyone's all good. So the fact that we came back all in one piece, I mean, we didn't have to deal with, you know, losing our, you know, comrades type of thing. But yeah, like when I look back, I'm like, man, that was one of the, the best experiences. And it just, it made you understand that the littlest detail is always important. And, and it's not necessarily about being the best it's just literally about doing the basics making sure you do them to a high standard and doing them all the time and then you will from the outside probably look like you're amazing to everyone else because that's the thing that i think a lot of people are lacking nowadays is they they want to go to the extremes they want to jump in at the deep end and it's almost like hey you have to learn to kind of crawl and walk first and then you know, every now and again, we'll put you up against, you know, the big test type of thing. So, um, yeah. It's funny you say that, Vinny, because I'm looking at a, at a, a little poster that I have, a little like piece of artwork that I have up in my kitchen and it says, enjoy the little things. Right. But I think that another way that that could be interpreted is, you know, it's about the little things. It's about doing those little things and doing them very right. And, I can definitely understand what you're saying when you say that because it is so many times we focus on, you know, trying to do a hundred different things when in reality, it's like if we just did five or 10 and we did them extremely well, we wouldn't have to do, you know, the other 90, 95 things that are out there. So absolutely, man. So when you look at, you know, all those different experiences that you've been through, Benny, and you know, the, the one question I would ask is especially for folks that are listening to this and they're thinking to themselves, you know, I don't know if I can do it, right? I don't know if I can, you know, I know. And there's something else I was going to talk to you about. We'll talk about later on in more detail, but how you have remote sessions. And, you know, let's say if someone's not in Vegas where you're located, that they could actually still be able to have a online training program. 
you know, something there, consultation with yourself, yep. be able to figure out how they could get to where they're trying to get to. But, you know, if, I, if I'm just the average person listening to this, Benny, what are some things that I can do that you believe would, you know, enhance my life for the better or, you know, put me out or put me off into a direction to where I could start making some of those, you know, if, if anything, right, those small or those little changes that I need to make that are really going to help pay off later. What are some of those things you think? I believe that the simplest thing that anybody can do, and the reason why I say this is because it's easily accessible and it ultimately doesn't cost anything except just a little bit of time, is movement. So when I say movement, it could be literally something as easy as putting on your shoes, walking outside, and literally walking around your neighborhood, maybe driving to a park, maybe there's some nice trails where you live, depending where you are, and just literally getting out there for at least 20 minutes up to like three times a day, uh, sorry, three times a week, I meant. So just increasing the amount that you move, and like I said, as low level as walking, everyone or most people can walk. And that's all you need. So increase your movement and then also sit back, which I I don't think a lot of people do these days because there's so many distractions around, whether it's TV screens, people in your life, you know, your telephone, mobile phones. There's always something which it can take your attention away from, let's say, the stuff that's important. And I think with a bit of self-assessment or just looking at your day, or reviewing, like let's say if you reviewed the last 24 hours, then you could review your past week. You can identify pockets of time where let's just say you almost wasted time or you was just doing nothing. Um, I remember, so when I first came out to America, uh, I wasn't able to work because I was having to wait for my visa process to you know go through. So for about six months, I literally... If I wanted to, I could have just stayed in bed, gone from my bed to the couch, watched some TV, and then just literally live like that for six months. But other than being in the gym, which I became almost addicted to the gym because there was nothing else to do and I didn't know anyone really. Um, so I was in the gym for hours on end. But the other fact was when I used to get up, when I used to get up, because again, I didn't have nowhere to be. I used to find myself on, um, do you remember, well, Snapchat? Oh, yeah. So for, I've got this thing on my phone where I've got the old iPhone. So if you know when you see the red dot, which it says like you've got a notification? Yeah. I'd almost say it's like I've got some a certain level of OCD because if I see a red dot, it's almost like I have to clear it. Otherwise, it's kind of, it's on the back of my brain and then I can't, I can't focus on something else. So, so back to Snapchat. I'd find myself laying in bed and for probably almost getting up to like 10 to 15 minutes at a time, I wouldn't even be looking at people's stories. I'd literally just be clicking through them all to get rid of the little notification. So then when I looked at my phone, that red dot had disappeared. So it took about maybe about a week, uh, no, sorry, probably took about a month. And I was like, why am I wasting 10 to 15 minutes of my life in the morning just going through Snapchat just to get rid of this notification. And then it got to a point where I wasn't even using the app except just to quickly flick through people's stories and get rid of it. 
So I was like, do you know what? I'm going to delete it. I've deleted Snapchat, like I said, over five, six years ago now. Never looked back. As of recently, uh, when I did a little bit more of self-reflecting and stuff and how can I, let's just say, slipstream and optimize my time as, I'm, as I was st- ended up getting a lot busier, which is good, um, notifications on social media. I went into my settings and I've turned off my notifications. So unless I open up like IG or Facebook, I won't know if someone's messaged me. Um, I won't know anything until I've literally gone on there myself. So again, I've I've eliminated that kind of OCD issue that I know that I have. And I've actually done that with a lot of my other apps too. Like if if it's something that's not important, then it's almost on mute or it's just, like I said, the notifications, they've, they've been like neutralized. I think that just has to, you know, I think about what you're saying there. I've done that on a couple of apps, but I haven't done it on all of them. And I think that if I did it on the ones that are probably the culprits that are constantly alerting me, I wouldn't be on there. And yeah. I think that has to help out your your mental well-being for sure because, you know, you don't feel like you're just bound uh, to these different apps all day. Because I know that can definitely be something that is, as you're saying, it's right on the back of your mind, right? It's right there. Like it just, it's bothering you, right? It's like an itch you have to scratch. Oh, so, yeah, Definitely. And, and what people, and I mean, I've, I've read a few, you know, books and, you know, audio books and again, kind of like piggybacking off of what I've, you know, kind of listened to is that these, these people that design these, this software, they've got like people who are really skilled in how do we get people to stay on our platform? So i.e. Facebook, they've got a whole team of people that have got strategies on how to get you on their platform using it for longer and more each day because that that's good. That's like a win for them. But if Facebook is not as productive for you and it's not, again, like enhancing where you want to be, again, why would you want to spend just using Facebook as an example, why would you want to spend a lot of time on there? And a, and a great point that I'd love to bring up um, is iPhone, they do a screen time. So if you go into your settings and look at your screen time, which I did uh, about probably four or five months ago, and that's what kind of really got me to turn off um, Facebook and, so, um, and IG, was when I looked at the time that I was on there, you actually don't realize how long you're actually on your phone. It's actually kind of scary. So I would recommend anyone. I know iPhone do it, but if you have an iPhone, check your screen time. And hey, what can't speak, can't lie. I got to check that out. Now you got me me scrolling through my phone now, trying to figure out what my screen time is. That makes sense. It's pretty scary, man. I mean, for some people, I'm sure they'll be amazed of like, oh, really? I was, I was on, like I said, I mean, I'm not just picking on Facebook and IG. They're the main two that I do still use. But again, they'd be like, whoa, I'm on there for that long. Or maybe it's YouTube. Maybe it's some other app, you know, but yeah, it's, it will be daunting for some people when they actually realize, wow, I've, I've been on my phone for that long per day. Wow. That makes sense. So the the one thing that keeps kind of slipping into our to our conversation here is, you know, not just your focusing on the physical well-being of a person, right? 
I'm also hearing mental well-being, um, you know, maybe even spiritual well-being, right? Talk to me, Benny, about what you think, you know, when you're talking about your spiritual, mental, physical well-being, what is something that, you know, when you're talking about doing all of those things and trying to, as I call it, you're spinning plates, right? You're trying to get your physical going, you're trying to look good. You're over here, you're mental, you're, you're trying to put in great things into your mind, trying to take out the bad, you're spiritual, trying to do something that's bigger than yourself, believing in somebody that's, you know, that's, that maybe doesn't have anybody to believe in them, some, some bigger cause in life that's spiritual, that spiritual cause. What is it, Benny, that, that we're, we're, you see us today, whether it's the United States or anywhere throughout the world, that we have to do in order really to get to that next step, right? Whatever that next step may be for someone, you know, what, what, talk to me about what we should do. What are some things that I can take, some measures that I can take to improve all those things, to keep those things going to where, you know, I'm not constantly trying to, as I told you, spin plates all day. Yeah, I, I would say, and again, this is kind of um, a be not straight to the point because I know it's kind of like a broad subject because there's so many different types of people out there. But what I would say from my experience and, and then again, the people that I'm kind of like involved with on a day-to-day basis, the message that I try and get through to them is, and some people will be dead against this, but uh, I think the key is balance. And what I mean by that is I've seen people that, and we've all probably been there, or again, we know someone, let's just use the old New Year's comes around. It's January the 1st. Everyone's going ham in the gym and some motivations come from somewhere. And again, most people will focus on the physical aspect as being the most important. I actually believe that the physical aspect is one of the easiest parts. It's more the mindset and where your mind state is. So, one, do you have your priorities in check, as in yourself, whether it's your family, you know, your home life? Are you able to communicate effectively to the people that are around you? Um, again, the people who are important, your support network. When you go into your place of work, again, can you communicate effectively to these people and basically get them to understand where you're coming from. And also on the other side is, which I think a lot of us are are losing this because life's getting faster and faster as the years go by, um, is being able to slow down and actually listen to people as well. So interpret what they're saying, take on their perspectives. And then also I think through the more that you listen, one thing I love is listening to people especially people from different backgrounds and kind of to switch back to 2008. Again, um, I was what, 19 years old when we was in Afghan. I'd never been to America, never come across anyone from America. So when the U S Marines rolled in and you guys were all looking cool and you had the MREs that everyone wanted and it was just like, (laughs) man, do you know what? 
I was just that type of guy and I've always been like that, man, I want to find out a little bit about these guys and, you know, I want to just, I'm going to get in the mix. And, you know, fortunately, like I said, I came across, you know, yourself and, you know, the, the little crew that we had out there and, you know, uh, I still have fond memories of playing spades and learning how to play spades. And, and since 2008, mate, I'll just tell you, I've not had a, a game of spades since I've been trying to find some people. But um, yeah, I remember like, yo, learning new things, learning new lingo. But the biggest thing was when I walked away from that experience was I'd learned something. So I'd learned something about someone else. And then I, I was able to take a little bit of that and maybe apply it to me. Or when I step out into the wider world again, I had a bigger understanding of what's going on. So it's not just my vision it's not just me on like a you know tunnel vision kind of thinking oh it's just and you know it's just benny's world and it's just what goes on in, you know what i see is the most important thing so yeah i think also having perspective and understanding and then for the belief system so for me um i built you know if people are religious and they use that type of basis for that kind of extra, like I said, motivation, maybe it's the vision, maybe it's the the kind of the path that they choose to walk. Like uh, all I could say is, hey, go for it. Like I'm all, I'm all into whatever makes you feel more comfortable, makes you feel um, basically right about the direction that you're going. Hey, go for it. Um, but I also believe that you should also have the self belief and. I think that's what a lot of people are lacking in these days is it's that self-belief of, do you know what? I, I can do this. Yes, I might need a little bit of guidance. I might need a little bit of, you know, push in the right direction. But ultimately, and this is the biggest message that I tell anyone that I'm in, in contact with, that I, whether it's whether I'm working with them directly or they're just asking me for advice, is at the end of the day, you can have someone that gives you all the tools gives you the best plan that is going to guarantee that you achieve whatever it is that you're setting out to do. But at the end of the day, it's the person that's looking at you in the mirror that has to put that into action. And like I said, you have to have the mindset, you have to have the self-belief, you have to have the commitment, you have to have the faith, and you also have to have the trust to go and take that first step and basically venture. And at that time, into the unknown because when people are making changes it's easy to stay with what you know it's easy to stay with what you feel comfortable with what's the most challenging but also the most rewarding is when you can step out go against the odds go into that place of the unknown and the uncomfortable and be successful or like i said grow and expand your horizons and basically increase your vision of, man, again, this is what I can do. And I just, to kind of touch on another point is, I believe, and I was one of these people too, I've, I've been lucky because I was, when it comes to fitness, I've always been a pretty fit person. Like fitness kind of came easy. So I didn't really have to work for it too much compared to, you know, some people that I've come across. But when you when you kind of coast through life and you do stuff that's comfortable and you kind of just do stuff that you know you can do, you're never really going to achieve the maximum of your, of your potential. So you're never really going to hit the heights that you can really get to because you've never, like I said, you've never stepped out of the comfort zone. 
you've never pushed the boundaries you've never pushed the limits and i also and i believe that like i said everyone every single day the vision that i have and i've told many people this every day i believe if you uh, i got this from um, when I used to play a racing game as a kid uh, with my dad and stuff, we'd be on the PlayStation. Uh, I remember doing time trials because I used to love Formula One. And when we do time trials, uh, and I think there's other games, you know you have the ghost car that's faster than you and you're trying to chase it? I have the vision, oh, yeah. I have the vision that every day there's a better version of me and it's almost like I'm chasing that ghost just to get level. So every day is an opportunity to kind of be a be a better version of yourself in whatever form it may be. That's interesting you say that, Benny, because, you know, a lot of very high-performing athletes and very high-performing actors and, and, and other just maybe some business magnets that, that are out there, that's what they say, right? They'll say that I'm not really trying to be better than anyone. I'm trying to be better than I was the the version of myself yesterday. Oh, you know, and I, I think that I think you've definitely really caught caught some fire there, some fire in a bottle, because um, that seems to be a common thread of very high performing, very successful people. So very good. There's also another point you made, Benny, and I think it's it's fascinating because I believe that it can really go into so many different parts of life. And that's the step one philosophy, right? My whole thing has been in business that, uh, you know, I'll pretty much teach anybody. I really like to work with veterans. I really like to work with individuals that are, you know, historically or just traditionally underbanked, right? The financing may not be there. The opportunity may not be there. I want to work with those folks. Um, I have been for the past, uh, call it now, uh, 13, 14 years. But the one thing that I think is the most important is, is step one. And I've always said, if you will take step one, I'll take step two. And the other common thread that I've always seen with the individuals that do take step one, I'm there to support them on step two. And, you know, we're building this, this, this map, this blueprint for success together is that there's always been this insatiable, non-quenchable just this thirst for whatever may come up in my way i'm going to take care of it um i'm going to get through it i'm going to knock down the barrier i'm going to go through the the hurdle yeah can you talk to me about that benny when you know again we're talking about things in a very you know it seems like a very linear way right like if you do this this happens but talk to me about adversity man you know when when you know especially clients or yourself and you know, what are some things that when we do, you know, the, the human being, right? Not just the, not just the, the, the person that's out there that's doing this out of the other, but I mean, just the human being, when we encounter adversity, you know, talk to me about what, what your now, your default setting is. When I come up against this, you know, how am I dealing with it? What does that look like for you, Benny, today? Yeah, I would say that, um, again, kind of going to kind of social media and what we see on the TV, for instance, is you only, for the most part, you only see a small snippet of what really goes on. And generally, it's the good stuff. So everyone always thinks that, oh, man, like, 
they've they've got it so good and it's almost like it just happened like oh like they're just amazing at this particular thing and what i try and get through to people is that no one like yeah people have god-given talents but at some point in their life or even our life as a as ourselves we had to make a decision to ourselves that hey you know what I'm going to go for this and I'm going to try and be the best that I can at this particular thing. So to make it more personal to myself is I'll use my running. So again, join the military was, you know, you're pretty much forced to run and I, you know, I was just naturally good at it. So I didn't mind doing it. It was easy. Once I got out here to America and I got my first job at a gym, I remember people coming in and it was a time which I again I just I wasn't in this world at that moment but loads of people was talking about Boston like the Boston Marathon and people were like oh yeah I've qualified and I'm going to be running Boston and and it was like oh what's like what's this Boston it's like oh well this is this is a marathon but you also have to you have to qualify by running a certain time so at that time in my life I didn't consider myself a runner and I didn't want to be labeled just a runner. But when he when they mentioned, oh, you have to run a sub three hour and, you know, it kind of says that you're a little bit of a seasoned runner. If, you know, you've put some time in if you were managed to achieve this. I was like, do you know what? I think I can do that. And I had that kind of positive attitude and saying, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to lock in and go for this. So me being me coming from the unit that I was at, it was all about, you know, alpha dog, you know, push, push, push. So when I went out and started my training, every run was push, 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 push harder, push faster, keep going. If you're not getting faster, you're not, uh, you know, improving. Fast forward, got to the first marathon that was on the calendar that I'd booked. About three, three and a half miles in, I end up kind of tweaking my calf to the point where I couldn't really run on it. And by this point, I'm in too deep because I was running the uh, run club at the gym. I had a lot of people, you know, kind of knew that I was trying to go for the Boston Marathon. And, you know, it's almost like that um, kind of self, uh, what's the word? Uh, you know, when you've got like people looking up to you. So it's like almost a pride factor. So I was like, oh, man, yeah. there is no way that I can quit this marathon after people have been watching me train and it's not that I was big time in it, but just people knew that I'm trying to qualify for Boston, especially when I was almost like the run club leader as to put it. So that willed me around and I was hobbling for the next, what, 21, 22 miles around this loop, uh, around this track. And, um, I 21, managed to 22 miles. Yeah, so, well, I mean, oh, like the full distance, what is 26.2 for a marathon? And honestly, yeah. I was about three to four miles in. My calf oh goes, gosh, man. I'm, I'm clocking the times that I need to. And, I'm, you know, at this point, I'm still redlining it to about the 10-mile point. But then it, my leg's just like, no, you are done. And I actually, oh. I had my mobile phone on me, and this is a true story. I rang my wife. And I was, I was in tears, mate. I was like, man, my calf is blown up. I, I, I don't know if I can do this. And all I was really thinking about was the time. I was like, oh, I'm not going to achieve my time. And all my wife said was, listen, it's not about the time. It's about finishing. I know you can do it. Let's go. 
So oh, that's all I needed to hear. Like I said, the little bit of pride kicked in about, yep, yeah, you know, I've got these people looking out. I can't, no way I can go back and say, yeah, because my calf blew up and yada, da, da, da. So anyway, I hobbled around and I was in pain. And what I did though, through that adversity, I came out stronger on the other side because I knew the way that I was training was wrong. I knew that almost like, you know, when you pull in too hard and it's almost like you're going to snap the rope. That's what I was doing in my own body. I was doing it in my own kind of, just my own mind. I was burning myself out. So again, what I did was, and all these great athletes do, they have a coach. They have someone that, again, nudges them in the right direction. So there's a guy, a local called Alex. He qualified for Boston numerous times back to back, really good runner. So I reached out to him. I was like, hey, dude. Um, you know, I've got aspirations for this. This is how my, you know, last marathon went. Can you help me? I said, I will do anything you tell me to do. I'll be coachable. I'll listen. I will give it 110%. He took me on. Fast forward a month, 12 months. I got my marathon time down to 3.07. Crossed the finish line. I was I was out by seven minutes. Again, as soon as I crossed the finish line, I was gutted. But inside, I was like, do you know what? I've knocked over an hour and a half off my time. Let's go again. Got back with Alex, did some tweaking, went for 12 months. I kept looking. At, I, I just kept saying, I'm going to be in Boston. I'm going to be in Boston. Went 12 months later, towed the line to the marathon for a qualifier. I ran a 2.52 and felt amazing. And what it was, it was the previous year and a half of troubles and almost, let's say, mistakes that I'd learn from and then also getting someone to help nudge me in the right direction and guide me. I then had finally achieved the, the Boston qualifier and it was just almost like a sense of relief. And then once I did that, that's when I ultimately said, you know what? The marathon stuff's cool, but it's almost kind of like, it's almost too common nowadays. Like everyone's running marathons. So where was the next layer of adversity? Where was the next challenge? And that's when I just really focused on ultra running. Like I've always been interested in endurance. I've always been interested in ultimately how far can you push your body? How far can you actually go? And if you relate running, let's say, hundreds of miles over a certain terrain to life, every day is almost like an ultra it's, can I keep going? Can I keep grinding? What am I working towards? And I also think that if you have a purpose, you have a vision. And like I said, you have a support network. You have people around you that understand where you're going. And if you're also trying to fine tune it to really be successful and you have some sort of coach or mentor in your corner, every day, everyone's going through adversity. Everyone's grinding. But guess what? We get up the next day and we go again. We learn, we reflect, we tweak a few things. And, but guess what? We go again. We do it again and again. And we and like I said, every day is like a lesson. It's, it's, it's a day to improve. So adversity for me, to put it in a nutshell, that's the fun part, man. Because if everything came easy, life would be boring. Like I joke with people and say, hey, do you know what? The only thing I want to come easy is money. And even then, you'd probably get bored <laughs> of making money because you'd be like, where's the fun? So exactly. it's the challenge. 
Yes, sir. That's the, ch the challenge, man, the challenge of life. And I think the more challenges you can seek out, when you achieve them challenges and you create a list of memories, man, that's 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 the cool thing. That's the cool thing to look back on. Yeah, man, it sounds it sounds a lot like what you know David Goggins says. He's he talks about especially with the ultras, and even you know I look back to what you were talking about when you know your wife, our Alexis, when she was when she called you up and she told you, hey, look, you got to get this done. It's kind of like what Goggins says. He says, you know, that feeling when you're completely cap tapped out actually comes when you're only 40% done. You still have 60% left in the tank. It's just the majority of the, the, the human population, human beings aren't going to go that far. You know, we've been conditioned or told that, hey, if we go one more step or we take one more uh, step or if we take one more rep, that, that that's it. You know, we're going to really do some damage here. So I think that that really comes through or shines through um, in what you're telling me. I think you've really kind of lived that philosophy pretty well, my friend. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. So I got to do, uh, I want to do the, the the five with you. The five is, uh, you'll be the first one. You'll be the first one to go do this with me. But uh, it's just going through five things with you. Uh, so again, the, so again, everybody that's listening to this and get to know you a little bit more. And hopefully, you know, get something out of it. Maybe uh, whether it's checking out a new sports team or checking out a new book. But the first one being um, your favorite sports team. Who is it? Favorite sports team is Liverpool Football Club, which is over in America known as, a, you know, soccer. But yeah, Liverpool FC. Heck yeah, man. Most beautiful place you've ever been. Man, this is probably not going to be as exotic as what people think, but um, up until to this, as in as of now, Colorado, I just love the uh, the the view of the mountains and kind of being the summit about the mountains. Anywhere where there's mountains, I'm attracted to that. Absolutely, favorite book. Favorite book, and I've literally just finished this. It's called The Comfort Crisis. It is. I'm. Uh, I've been. Boasting to everyone that I'm in contact with, you need to get this book, either read it or get it on audiobook. The Comfort Crisis. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Where do you see yourself one year from now? Uh, one year from now, I see myself, honestly, just a little bit more established within my business um, and just I'd just say one year stronger of where I am right now as in mindset, mentality, and just my focus. I think focus is the big one, just more focused. Absolutely. And what is the next big challenge or goal that you are going to be completing in the next six months? Uh, so the next six months, mate, is August 27th. I will be gracing a small mining town called Creed in uh, the mountains of Colorado, where I will be doing the Creed 100 uh, Ultra. So it's actually a 106 miles, like I said, up in the mountains of the Creed kind of mining town. Very good. 106 miles, man. That's awesome. All right. So again, you know, I want to just tell everybody, Benny, that, you know, for the folks that are out there, um, just how they can get in touch with you and all that. Your Instagram is BennyFit51. And then uh, your website, if they want to check that out, is tier1performancelv.com. 
Um, again, Benny, anything else that, uh, you know, anything else that you can talk to the audience about, you know, if they want to reach out to you or talk to you or some things to get prepared for when they're, when they're going to be talking to you or working with you? Um, now, one of the main things is, well, the easiest way is obviously go via the website. Um, if you fill out the like consultation, like uh, paperwork, which can be all done digitally, I've made it as easy as possible. So there's limited excuses. But yeah, it's, you know, fill that out with give it as much information as you can. And then literally from there, that's where I kind of pick up the pieces. And we, you know, we either arrange a in person, or like I said, phone call, zoom meeting. And that's just almost where we can't like get creating so uh, that's where we, the, where the work really begins and um and then yeah just ig i mean if you want to see some kind of lively in the moment videos like authentic content no, none of it's scripted it's literally me nine times out of ten when i'm out on the the hills or the somewhere out on the trails something will come into my head and you know i'll just get the message out there i try and keep it for you know just raw and authentic for under a minute and just yeah there's some cool stuff that i'm always putting on there and just little bits of tips you know whether it's health you know certain things like a lot of it's like mindset and yeah that's you know my ig is like kind of like the fun place to kind of check me out very good man i'll tell you this benny is that you know everything you talk to me about you know as i told you right going into this you know we we don't script anything out that we really don't you know it's not this and that and plug everything in um, I will say this, man, that I'm going to be working with you. You know, you definitely have a new client in me because I'm ready to check all this out. You know, I don't yes. think we've ever been able to really sit down, man, and really go through it all. And I really think you did such an amazing job at, at, at talking about, you know, your craft, right? What you're, what you're exceptionally great at. And, uh, you know, man, the other thing, too, is it was a pleasure, dude. It was a pleasure being able to not only meet you, right over in Afghanistan when we first met, but you know, the relationship that we've been able to keep up over the years, dude, it is, it has just been amazing. And uh, you know, it's, it's very rare that you get to come across such exceptional human beings as yourself that are out there that truly do. And I know, cause I see all the people that work with you and I hear them, especially on your, on the, on Instagram or just anywhere, right? Facebook, just how awesome of a person you have been, to all the people that you've helped out and uh, not just in, you know, Vegas and Nevada, but around the United States, right? The people that you can help out there. And uh, yeah, I hope the listeners that are listening to this really reach out to you and uh, get to know more about you, man, and get, get to know more about, you know, just how amazing life can be. Cause I believe that once you activate, you know, all of these different things that you're going to be doing with you. Once you know that you can climb the hill, that you can run the mile, that you can, you know, do the marathon, you can yeah. do the triathlon, man. It, it's, it's life becomes different and it's, you know, unique and exceptional people like yourself that, that really open people's eyes and show them what all they can do. So Benny, again, man, it's just been a pleasure and I appreciate you joining us today on Sparked. Oh yeah, definitely, mate. And uh, like I said, uh, everything you just said's pretty much, you know, been. Uh, I just want to send it back to you. You know, it's uh, again just sometimes I don't like to think too much about fate, but uh, I just think that when you do meet certain people and you kind of like uh, gel or you know you kind of just mesh together, I think it's awesome. And one thing that I do love about the military 
life. And I do believe that, again, I'm trying to create that in the civilian world through some plans that I've got up and coming. That um, It's all about experiences. And I believe that once you share an experience with someone, you you were forever bound, you know, for, from that experience. So I think the fact that, you know, we was in Afghanistan together and we shared that time together, man, you know, that's just something that you can't just, you can't just erase that from the mindset and, you know, you're always going to be connected. So uh, I just love to say to you, buddy, you know, I, I appreciate you. Um, I've been obviously, you know, keeping tabs on what you're doing and just the way that you've transitioned into, you know, the, your craft as well, buddy. I mean, hey, we're all, we're all just doing good stuff and I think it's great to see people like you and, you know, myself connecting and just the fact that we're willing to serve others and help them, you know, be the best version of themselves. Um, you know, it's just a testament to the type of people that we are and obviously you are too. So again, I appreciate it, buddy. It's been a great chat and, um, you know, we definitely should do more of this. Absolutely, man. Well, Godspeed, my friend. And uh, again, thank you for being on Sparked. I appreciate it, buddy.